Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. I'm J.J. Djurjevic, your host this evening with the fabulous producer, Wayne Ridenauer up there in Memphis, Tennessee. You can find us all on social media at ATL Prime Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give us a like, a review. That always helps out the old podcaster like ourselves. You can find everybody, again, at ATL Prime Sports. You can find myself at JJ Get You One. You can find our fabulous producer, Wayne, at RWY Jr. And Quarter Todd for TC Todd Quarter. How you doing tonight, Wayne? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, quite a scare Auburn had last night. Uh, looked like they may have lost their top uh, ranking right after they got it. Uh, big surprise by Missouri. I would not have expected such a low-scoring game. Yeah, they, they came out uh, with a one-point victory. Um, but, hey, the good teams find a way to win. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing a lot better than Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are, who didn't make the Hall of Fame in their last year of the Baseball Writers Association of America voting. Uh, I feel as though they should be in numbers-wise, absolutely. But my take on it is this. If Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame, neither should these two. Until Pete Rose gets in, I'm okay with no Bonds and Clemens. But if they get in, hey, I'm all for it. They were great players of the generation. What's on tap for today's show? College base, College basketball's new number one. Should the NFL change overtime rules, and we'll discuss the conference championship, much more, all right here on ATL Prime Sports. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. We'll do our NFL quick hits right off the bat here. Uh, four teams remain after a wacky, wacky divisional round, and a prominent NFL head coach steps down that's what we're getting into let's start it off with sean payton head coach of the new orleans saints steps steps away from the organization will he coach again and how does this help or hurt the atlanta falcons i'll start this one off he steps away after 16 seasons in new orleans louisiana and he said in his 90-minute presser the retirement is not the right word said payton adding that's not where my heart is right now in terms of coaching. So uh, he hasn't ruled out that he won't come back. He is only 58 years old. He does have a Super Bowl versus Peyton Manning in 2009. Uh, if he gets in back into coaching, the Saints do uh, or would have to agree to a trade compensation as he does have three years left on that contract. So, Sean Payton, prominent head coach in the NFL, steps down. Wayne, what are your thoughts on that? And you're a Falcons fan. What do you think that does for the Falcons, buddy? Well, uh, first of all, I th um, you know, at first I thought maybe Sean Payton should uh, just retire and go fishing. But it sounds <laughs> like, you know, based on some of the things that he's saying now, that he wants to go into some broadcasting for a while, yeah. but leaves the door open to go back into coaching. How does this affect the Falcons? I think the Falcons don't need to worry about who they're playing, but more how they're playing. And so I don't think this affects them at all. Yeah, in the same way, I don't think it affects the Falcons too much in the fact that Sean Payton uh, beat up on the Falcons pretty good the last couple of years. So I think the Falcons have to think, 
little relief over there. No more Sean Payton, no more coach choking symbols to Devontae Freeman. We all remember that one in the Thursday night battle a couple years back. Um, but I think it's a, a, a move where, you know what, he's, he's had a lot of success. Maybe he feels he's done as much as he can do down there. He has a quarterback issue. Um, Taysan Hill versus uh, Jameis Winston. And, and, and what, you, what, what are you going to do with that situation in the offseason? Can Winston come back from a knee, knee, uh, knee injury with that required surgery? Taysan Hill, can he turn the corner? He had a, a, a hand issue at the end of the season that was really affecting him throwing the deep ball. So uh, I think he steps down at a time that says, you know what? I'm young enough to to be able to reevaluate what I did. You mentioned the broadcasting. Maybe he gets into the front office game. Um, and maybe he comes back and coaches the Saints in a couple of years. Who knows? Uh, Wayne, any final thoughts on uh, Saints head coach Sean Payton stepping down? Um, not really. You know, I, I start thinking about Jacksonville, though, and what are they going to do over there? You know, if he wants to stay down in that uh, area of the country in the nice weather. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's get our thoughts on the divisional round, and we'll get into our conference championship games. Bills Chiefs, uh, they combined for 25 points in the last minute and 54 seconds of that exciting ball game. Maybe the most exciting game I have ever seen. And previously on the other day was one of the craziest games I've ever seen yeah. in the Rams and the Bucks. Uh, the most exciting game, though, Chiefs Bills. Uh, again, 25 points scored in the last minute, 54. The Chiefs tied it up at the end of regulation. They had 13 seconds to do it, a couple timeouts. Um, then they win it in OT without the Bills' offense even taking the field, leading to the question everybody is asking, should NFL change its overtime rules? Wayne, I'll go with you first, buddy. All right. Uh, you know, I'm okay with the rules, how they are, or even if they want to change them. Because uh, as long as they're consistent and everybody knows what's going to happen at the beginning of the season and it stays that way throughout the season, uh, then they should play the games based on what they know the rules are. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I'm, I, I don't think so. Uh, the Bills could have, should have, would have in regulation. Uh, you let the Chiefs tie it up going 44 yards in 13 seconds. So you had your chance. Yeah. And you didn't execute. Right. That's number one. Number two, the Bills could have forced a field goal by playing better defense in overtime. You get the ball back. Because yeah. the rule change a handful of years back made it so a touchdown had to be scored on the first possession in order for sudden death to happen. Uh, no longer a field goal after the coin toss. So I like NFL overtime. I think it's better than the counterpart in college football. And uh, I, I think it should stay. I really like it. But I yeah. will close with this. I will close with this. I would not be opposed to the NFL playing out a 10-minute overtime period. Just play it out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. But I do like it the way it is right now because it forces uh, defense, offense, special teams, as where college football does not. I really enjoy NFL overtime. Yeah, well, the bad thing about the college overtime is those games can go on for a long time, and it really wears the fans out, and all the networks start scrambling as to what they're going to do with the shows that are coming up later. Yeah, and, and to me, the two-point play uh, after the second overtime is a little gimmicky. Um, uh, you know, how many two-point plays do you have in your playbook where if you go like the Penn State-Illinois uh, game, 
I think it went eight or nine overtimes. Yeah. At that point, you're just running on sheer, what, what two-point play can I run now to score? So uh, I'll wrap it up with this. Again, I like the NFL overtime. I think it's, uh, I think it's just fine uh, the way it is. It forces teams to play defense, and uh, you can't just go down and kick a field goal and, and call it a day. you got to score that touchdown, and that's what the Chiefs did. Didn't yep. even give the Bills an opportunity, so I'm okay with it. Any final thoughts on that, Wayne? No, I think we've done with that one. Beat it to a dead horse, I agree. Bengals, Titans, um, 19-16 to 16, the Bengals beat the Titans on the first of three walk-off field goals that weekend. Burrow had 348 yards, no touchdowns, did throw a pick. But the player of the game, kicker Evan McPherson, 404 on field goals. 404 on field goals. That's pretty impressive. Uh, 52 and a 45-yarder to add on to those. Um, and one of them, obviously, was a win, a uh, game-winning kick. But can Joe Burrow do the unthinkable and get the Bengals into the Super Bowl? When I don't think so this year. Uh, I think they need to build a better offensive line to protect him. They are right there without an offensive line. Imagine what they can do with an offensive line. I think they'll be put at that contender level in the NFL next season. Uh, but I think the AFC Championship's their last ticket punched what say you my friend uh you know that i want to ask you a question about that kicker was that kicker drafted you know he i believe he was yeah because well. i saw something from the bengals social media account that said that's why you draft a kicker so yeah. i believe he was drafted um and uh like, hey that's well, why you it, do it you get yeah, a good kicker counts. you keep him there for years now, uh, as far as the, that game goes, it, you know, I expected the Titans to win. You know, I, I live in Tennessee. My dad's a Titans fan. Uh, my mom pulls for the Titans. So, but I was kind of a little bit shocked at uh, how that one uh, uh, turned out. Yeah, he was drafted by the Bengals in the fifth round of last year's NFL draft. He is a NFL all rookie along with his teammate in college, Kyle Pitts, right here in Atlanta. Right. Uh, Rams-Bucks, again, I think it was the craziest game I've ever seen. Uh, this was the third game of the weekend to end with the last second field goal in regulation. Rams beat the Bucks 30-27. Stafford was lights out. He overcame his team's four lost fumbles, threw for 366, two touchdowns, ran one in. Uh, is this the last time we see Tom Brady, TB12, in a Buccaneers uniform, yet alone a football uniform? Uh, I don't think Tom Brady is ready to retire. Uh, if the, if the Bucks will have him, I think he'll play there. As far as where he might go, I've got no clue. If, but I, I think he will be playing. Uh, the one thing about this game that I will say is I was super excited that uh, Tom Brady was not able to engineer a comeback win because you know he did it to my Falcons and he's done it so many other times that when it didn't happen, it was exciting for me and I was happy about it. Yeah, it was fun to watch him engineer the comeback. You kind of thought, is he going to do it? Maybe the Falcons are off the hook. <sighs> nope, they're not. <laughs> Rams were able to uh, to finish him off. But I'm right there with you. I wanted to see Stafford get another playoff win as a Georgia guy. And also, I feel like everybody has downed Stafford his whole career because he played in Detroit, and he's just showing everybody how good of a quarterback he really was. Uh, last week, last game of the weekend, last week, 49ers-Packers, 49ers beat the Packers 13-10. A 
on the frozen tundra Lambeau Field. This one also ended with a walk-off field goal in the snow by Robbie Gold. Special teams was very important in this game. A blocked punt for a field goal. So special teams on both ends was huge. Bad for Green Bay. Good for San Francisco, who actually only had 212 yards of offense in this game. So pretty impressive that they won the game there. Uh, will this be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform after that loss? Wayne, I'll go with you again. Well, now, uh, Rodgers, on the other hand, he looked totally disinterested in this game. I don't think he's going to be back in any type of uniform. I think he's he's pretty much fed up with it and done. And uh, as far as Garoppolo goes, I think this may have been the coldest game that he has ever played in his career, even going back to college and I think he may have had a few cold games in college, but he, I don't think he's ever had an NFL game that was this cold. Yeah, and uh, he, he he was able to fight through yeah. it and uh, beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, which has not been easy to do uh, in, in terms of historically playoff Lambeau field. Uh, let's go to the conference championship games. Uh, they The weekend is set. Our quick guide to the games, three division winners, one wild card remain. That's the 49ers, three yep. divisional winners. Uh, Bengals-Chiefs, we'll talk about it first, the 3 o'clock CBS game. Uh, Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31 back in week 17 to clutch the AFC North, Wayne. That was a big win for the Bengals. It really got this run going, and it started the tear of Joe Burrow's passing streak. Guys had a tear. Um Chiefs must play better defense. Last time, they gave up 475 yards against these Bengals. Uh, quarterbacks, cornerbacks Ward and Snead are going to have to play better. Tyron Matthews questionable going into this game and concussion protocol. He should be good to go, I think. That'll be an X factor. Um, Bengals got to do a better job of protecting Joe Burrow. They gave up nine sacks, eight of them in a four-man rush last weekend. Uh, as uh, as they did last week, they they that's not going to help. I should say nine sacks last week. Four of them, uh, or excuse me, eight of them by a four man rush, and that's not going to help you win a game this week. Chris Jones got to be licking his chops for this matchup, ready to go uh, against an offensive line that gave up again nine sacks versus the Titans. So he's got to put his hand in the dirt, pin his ears back, and be ready to go on those third and long situations to really affect the game. But really it comes down to this. Look, you got two elite quarterbacks playing, Wayne. Um, a lot of people are thinking this may be the future. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, these may be the three teams that we talk about in the AFC for the near future. Um, look, 73.2%, that's the number. It's the percentage of completed passes by Joe Burrow in his first two playoff games, which is an NFL record, minimum 50 attempts. That's impressive. That's mind-blowing. And then the other mind-blowing stat that comes into this game. Mahomes has hosted four straight AFC <laughs> championship games. Absolutely unbelievable. I swear the guy hasn't even played on the road in the playoffs. Um, that's eye-opening. Wayne, give me some keys on uh, the Bengals-Chiefs game. Well, uh, like you said, we're looking at some some new quarterback stuff. And one thing I want to say about the AFC 
is this looks like the turning point when maybe the AFC is starting to retake the the lead in, you know, which one of the uh, leagues is the best, the AFC or the NFC, because the NFC has kind of looked like a, a bit of a train wreck and a mess over the last couple of years, whereas the AFC is steadily gaining ground on them. Very good point. We'll go to our last game or any final thoughts on that game, Wayne. Uh, are you ready to go on to the next one, 49ers Rams? Well, it, on this game here, you know, all the teams that I had picked last weekend got beat. And so I can watch these games with a little bit of enjoyment uh, without feeling, you know, attached to any of them, except uh, with the Bengals. Uh, my stepdad went to school in Cincinnati, and so he's kind of a Bengals fan. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, two of my wife's cousins uh, live in the uh, western side of Missouri, uh, Keith and Jeff Lofton, and they're huge Kansas City fans. So I've got a reason to pull for that team. Uh but I might just watch it just for the enjoyment of the game. Should should be a good one. Should be a good one. 49ers, Rams, 6.30 p.m. on Fox. Third meeting this season. Rams are 0-2. Hell, Wayne, the Rams are 0-6 in the last six meetings versus the 49ers. That's my key to this game. I think the Rams are just due to beat the 49ers. Period. 22 times in NFL history has a team swept the regular season and had a third meeting in the postseason. 14 of those times, the team has completed the sweep. So that's that's good for the 49ers. Here's another good thing for the 49ers, the latest being not too long ago in 2017 when the Saints completed the three-game sweep of the Panthers. But here's where the momentum starts shifting back to my Rams pick and why I'm still taking the Rams. Look, in 2020, the Saints lost to the Bucks in their third meeting in the postseason after sweeping the first two. So I like the Rams. Their D-line must take over. The 49ers are coming off a terrible offensive performance versus the Packers. Again, I mentioned it early, just 212 total yards in that game. Also, wide receiver Debo Samuel and offensive tackle Trent Williams are beat up. They are both expected to play, um, but I think Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller are going to take advantage of the weak offensive line, and I think they get the job done. So there, there it is. I've already given you one of my pick sixes, uh, kind of a, a, a throwaway, a give me, a soft toss, whatever you want to call it here, folks. But again, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, pretty unique pass rush combination. They were able to get 14 quarterback pressures last week alone on Tom Brady between the two of them. Pretty impressive stat. I think that gets it. I think Aaron Donald's the best player in football. He's going to show why Sunday evening and show the world. What do you think about the, some keys for this game, Wayne? Well, again, you know, I'm, I'm stuck here with these two teams, the 49ers, which I've never really been a fan of because of my uh, attraction or uh fan of the Falcons and the 49ers used to be in their division a long time ago Absolutely. Uh, and the Rams same way you know they were in that same division and so uh, I've got more ties to this game uh, I've got uh, one of my wife's uh, cousins uh, uh, Elijah Beverly uh, here in Memphis is a huge huge 49ers fan I've never seen him so excited about football and then Mark Mancini out there on the west coast has got to be a Rams uh, you know he's probably pulling for them um, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say that the, uh, 
Las Vegas Sportsbook is probably blowing up over this game just because of all the statistics and all of the odds going into it. Yeah, th- there's a lot of money being put on the games this weekend. Uh, that's our final NFL quick hit. Let's move into college basketball. Wayne, your team is the new number one in men's college basketball in the AP well, poll. My, my other team. Well, your other team, correct. <laughs> yeah. Not you're number two. You're one B. Yeah. Your B squad. Um, yeah. Auburn's men bas- men's basketball is the new number one in college basketball. How far can this team go, Wayne? You're you're an Auburn fan. Tell us how far you think Bruce Pearl will get these Auburn Tigers. Listen, he's got in the regular season. He's got one team that that could pose trouble, and that's Tennessee, who plays tonight. I don't know what the final score is, but. Uh, you know, Tennessee is the only team I see. And then once they get into the conference tournament, you know, Auburn has done this before where they've come in at a low seed in that tournament and, you know, won the tournament. So anything can happen in that tournament. Uh, once they get to the NCAA tournament, uh, I think you got to watch out for those schools like, you know, Richmond, Butler, and uh, Laola because uh, one of those uh, Cinderella teams can come up and beat you easily. Sister Jean. Absolutely. Make the sign of the cross as a Catholic boy I am. Um, look, Auburn's the new number one for a reason. Uh, they're 19-1 and one after their victory over Missouri Tuesday evening. Look, they have four guys average double, gi- d- double digits. That's uh, Jabari Smith, the forward. He averages over 15 a game. K.D. Johnson, the guard, is averaging right at 13, as well as his other guard counterpart, Wendell Green Jr., is right at 13 as well. And Walker Kessler, the forward, is averaging over 10 a game. When you have four guys that are great options to score the basketball, your team can go extremely far. I see a Final Four appearance for Bruce Pearl again with the Auburn Tigers, making them a basketball school. Did I say Auburn a basketball school? Because it looks like that's what's happening. Here, Bruce Pearl... Uh, has this team poised for a deep run? Uh, they're yeah. averaging over 80 points a game. That's top 20 in the country, Wayne. So why not? Mark them in the top four if you ask me. <laughs> they're running through a, a, a pretty good SEC schedule. It's not the easiest. It's not the toughest. But they have played some pretty good out-of-conference opponents and gotten Ws there. So I, I, I like this team. I, I think right now they are a strong contender to be the college basketball national champions yeah well i'm not going to go so far as to say they're in the final four but i will say that they definitely look like a one seed easily hey it's uh that's one of the toughest battles if you get that one seed you got an an easier game in the opening round and you can work your way maybe uh get hot and work your way through it so uh that wraps up our college basketball segment unless when you have any final thoughts on that uh, well, Memphis is going to play uh, East Carolina uh, tomorrow night. It's a really late game, uh, but I'll be down there and uh, cheering them on from the FedEx Forum. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to the tweets. We always enjoy seeing them. It's so cool seeing that blue court. I really like what uh, Coach Hardaway has done there. Uh, the, the environment there always looks fun, always looks uh, energetic from the fans. So we'll be looking forward to your tweets. Again, you can check those out at RWY Jr. on Twitter. If you're a Memphis basketball fan, check them out. He always posts some great photos from a season ticket 
see where, where you sit in your season tickets. So let's get into ATL Prime Sports Pick 6. Picking Monday's spreads. We're doing the over-under of both games. We're picking both games. And we're going to do a couple fun prop bets this week. Standings going into the one of the final weeks of the NFL Pick 6, as we'll do. Uh, I'm in first place at 51 and 59 and 2. Todd has taken over second place at 46, 64 and 2. And Wayne is one game behind at 45, 65 and 2 after an 0 and 4 week yeah. last week. We both we both should have at least had one more W on, tacked onto our belts, but the Bills decided to to blunder it away in overtime. So let's go ahead and get to it. The Bengals at the Chiefs. Kansas City's a seven point favorite in this game. We'll get to the over-under in a second. Wayne, what you got? Uh, I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs to uh, cover in this one. Uh, you know, they're playing at home. Mahomes is at home. And, you know, as good as the Bengals are this year, I just don't think that they're going to be able to overcome the Chiefs. Yeah, I think uh, Mahomes is going to play in a second consecutive Super Bowl. I, I think the Chiefs cover. Uh, I think the Chiefs offense is just too much. I think Chris Jones will be able to get after Joe Burrow, put him on the ground, maybe include a strip sack in there. And I do think the cornerbacks, Ward and Sneed, play a lot better this go around. Chiefs cover. The over-under in that game is 54 and a hook. That's a lot of points for me. I see a lot different of a ball game here. I'm going 27-20 Chiefs. Uh, that would be a push if we were all playing the game correctly. But I th I'm seeing the 27-20, maybe 28-20 type of score, uh, and that's why I'm going with the under there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go uh, under on that also because 54.5, uh, is that's an awful lot for this type of game, and uh, I just don't think they're going to get there. Uh, folks, if you're looking in for TC's picks, they're up here in this general direction. If you like these videos, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Let's go on to our third pick. The 49ers at the Rams. L.A. is a three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll go with this one. I like the Rams to cover. Again, I've mentioned it the whole show. I think it's just time for the Rams to win a big football game. They got a better quarterback to do it this time. Uh, I think Stafford puts it all together, has a great game. I think Aaron Donald plays a great defensive game as well as Vaughn Miller. I think the stars come out to shine in Hollywood and Ingle. Inglewood, California, and I think the Rams cover. Wayne, what say you, buddy? Uh, well, I'm going to have to take the 49ers and the points on this one. Uh, I think, and I think the 49ers are going to win outright. Uh, I think that they're going to sweep the Rams. Yeah. You, you know, the numbers are, 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 are in both directions. As I mentioned earlier, that's a great pick. Again, Todd's picks are up here. Uh, the over-under in that game is 46. 46. I'm going over the 46. I think this will be the more high-scoring game this weekend. I think Garoppolo playing in a covered stadium, because remember there was a lightning day delay there when the stadium opened, so it's not technically a dome, but in the covered stadium, I think Garoppolo plays better, um, making it a more high-scoring game. I like the over 46 in that one. Wayne, what say you? Yeah, I think I'm going over in that one as well because uh, 46 seems about right, but I think it's going to be over in that. And we're doing two prop bets to fill out the pick six this weekend over under 232.5 passing yards for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Again, I'm thinking this is going to be a higher offensive scoring game than prior meetings. So I'm seeing a lot of points, a lot of passing yards from Garoppolo. I am going over the 232.5 for Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm I'm going over as well. In fact, I'm thinking it may go over 300, uh, which may have given away a little bit of my next uh, prop pick there. Well, that's that's okay. So we're both going over. Uh, the over-under on the next one is 75.5 rushing yards for running back Elijah Mitchell. I am going over on that as well for the same reasons. I think they're going to have to have a great offensive game in order for my bet to work on the over. And I still think the Rams will cover. They'll win by a touchdown. And that's my take. And I'm going over Jimmy G, over Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go under Elijah Mitchell because I think most of the yardage is going to be gained through the air. And uh, it, Elijah Mitchell will still play a great game, but I think a lot of his yardage is going to come in the red zone, and it's it's not going to it's that's what's going to limit his yardage. Well, that completes our pick six for the conference championship week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, final thoughts on tonight's show. I want to say. Congratulations to David Ortiz on being voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. You have put a lot of smiles on Red Sox Nation's faces. Uh, what a great player you were. Um, in Major League Baseball, the players met Monday and Tuesday. Let's see if they can come to an agreement soon. Those are my final thoughts. Wayne, what's your final thought on the show tonight, buddy? Well, just uh, I'm I'm excited about uh, Memphis basketball tomorrow. It's going to be a, a blackout game, so everybody's going to be wearing black in the stands. That it'll be a a good game uh, to redeem ourselves against that loss versus East Carolina a few weeks ago at East Carolina. Well, there we go. There you have it, folks. For Wayne, I'm JJ filling in for Todd Quarter. Thanks for listening to ATL Prime Sports. Wherever you're listening, give us a review, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Search everywhere at ATL Prime Sports. We'll see you next time, folks. Get you one. Oh, yeah, we're live Friday, February 4th from 4 to 4.30 on Blog Talk Radio, 4 Mancini Sports. See you later, folks.